Hi. Hello. Welcome back to the pod. Welcome back. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Boy, do we have an amazing guest for you guys today. This was one of the funnest combos we've had. It was very much like a, oh my God, me too. Oh my God, me too. Oh my God, me too type of combo. You know? Our guest is totally 50-50 of both of us, which was really fun. Like there yeah. were certain things that felt very you and certain things that felt very me. And I think that was really fun. Today, we had on the amazing Jade Iovine. So Jade, if you don't know, which all of her links will be in the description as always, and you should know, is the host of the amazing Live From Bed podcast. Listen, great we at TMV name. think we have a great name, but like that's also a really good name. Great name. Great pod. We appreciate a good podcast name. In Live From Bed, Jade has on amazing guests that she admires and amazing personalities to talk about the things that they hide from the world. Jade's also a writer, which always makes me happy because we love meeting new writers over here. You'll hear us talk about it in the episode, but Jade is someone that we've been wanting to have on the podcast for a while and we're so excited and grateful that she finally was able to come on. And truly everything she talked about, I feel like almost every individual sentence has been a TMV episode. Like it was so aligned and so much fun. We talked about everything from the have to be concept. We talked about reframing negative self-talk. We talked about sex and antidepressants, which you know we love to talk about. Mm -hmm. We talked about how to be a supportive partner to folks experiencing mental health challenges we talked about bringing all the things that you want to run from as close to you as humanly possible. It was just a very, very good TMV fun episode. Y'all will get a kick out of it. So here we go. I'm Meadowlark. And I'm Gabriela. And this is Thoughts May Vary. The podcast that sits at the intersection of mental health, nuance, and community. And we're grateful you're here. And that's me. That's just a little bit about us. Yeah. And is that gimmicky <laughs> enough for the people? <laughs> we are so excited to have you here. As I mentioned to you off Yay. camera for a second, you were such an inspiration for us when we first started the podcast in terms of your graphics and just like the way that you interview. And so Thank this is you. a very big moment that's for so us. That's so nice of you to say. I really appreciate it. Thank you. We, Jade, start every episode by asking our guests what they're unpacking. Yes. And that can be as light or deep. Notoriously, Teffy has been on here and said she couldn't shit in front of her new boyfriend. I love like, that you for can her. really yeah. take it any which way you want. <laughs> I love so Teffy. So, first thing that comes to mind. Um, no, for, I mean, God, I'm unpacking a fuck ton right now. Am I allowed to say fuck? Yeah. Oh, hurt, yeah. Please. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. Um, I thank God. Uh, first of all, I just run. <laughs> That I don't think I shaved my armpits for you guys, which is, oh my God, just humiliating. I don't know where oh, I'm please. Oh, I love unshaved armpits. I think it's Wait, cute. Then I knew that. That's exactly what I think I it's a style. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> um, so what am I unpacking? A lot. I mean, I think one of the main things recently that I'm unpacking is um, realizing, like kind of just sitting with uncomfortable feelings and mm -hmm. realizing that so much of my life and especially my 20s, I spent... Um, having kind of like what I call like destination fan or fallacy and fantasy, um, where I just thought that, okay, if I reached this next thing, I'd be happy. If I did this next thing, if I, mm -hmm. once I get married, once I start my podcast, once my podcast, it's a, a million downloads, whatever these benchmarks of success were, um, I was always waiting for those. And I still do like, I still, or I still am, you know, I, I do that all the time. And I think lately I've been really trying to just sit in the discomfort and realize that your whole life is the journey. And mm -hmm. that like so many of my friends even that are in different spots in their lives, they, we look at each other and we're like, oh, but you have this. So that must mean it's easier for you to be happy. And I think realizing that first of all, there's no connection between the inner world and the outer world. 
Mm. is really important, but also just sitting in, you know, um, instead of avoiding or numbing these feelings of anxiety, awkwardness, um, failure, rejection, instead of thinking of those things as derivement from my path, realizing that that actually is the path that's like, I, mm-hmm, I can't mm-hmm. live if you know what I mean? Like I would always yeah. w- like hold my breath almost until I got to the finish line. And once I got there, I was like, Oh, I'm still the depressed little bitch. I've always been, you know? And like, <laughs> yeah, that's uh-huh. just the reality of it. So I think also, um, you know, kind of related to that is I'm a very, I don't know if you've listened to my show or just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a fiery person. I am, opinion- I'm, I'm opinionated. I, you know, all those things. So I think that I thought that was strength. Um, and it is in some senses, but, um, I realized how uncomfortable I am with the discomfort of like confrontation. And so often like I've kind Mm. of aced therapy in the way that I realized that no one is going to change for you and you have to like build your life around people. But I think I overdid it a little too much. And I've always just come from a place of like, what's the point in arguing? They're not going to change. What's the point in Mm. confronting this person about this thing that bothers me because, it's so painfully uncomfortable and I'm a highly sensitive person. So I can feel every shift in energy Mm -hmm. of people. And I'm always, I, I know like kind of what to say to make people feel comfortable. So it's really hard for me to like resist that urge, you know, but sometimes Mm -hmm. you need to, you know? So I think just, I'm really unpacking, like discovering a new sense of strength and realizing that some of the old, my, my old ways of coping and just getting by, like, aren't serving me. I mean, oh my gosh, you were talking to the right people. Yeah. You <laughs> touched so on glad. so many things that Gabby and I are unpacking constantly. But I think that first one, Gabby and I all weekend long, she was down here visiting me last weekend, roughly. And we've been talking about the have, do, be concept mm. nonstop, which is like, once I have this thing, right? once I do achieve blah, 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 then I can become this version of myself. Totally. And we're like, no, no, no. Actually, it's the opposite. Like you can be that now to mm-hmm. do the things you need to do to then mm-hmm. have the goals that you want. Mm-hmm. Totally. We've been unpacking that so much, but I think what's so cool about your reframe with like those little signals of uncomfortable feelings is it's just that they're signals. They're mm-hmm. signals on the path. Like those just help guide you there further. So like the more you repress and distract yourself from them, the less you're going on the path that you need to be because you can use those as kind of like your opportunities. We always say, use your triggers as a roadmap. Right. Like using those as the opportunity to go on that path. You are her reaching to the choir. Oh, good. How old are you guys? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, I turned 30 next week. Yeah, so Meadow, yeah, I, I yeah. smelled 29. On, I was like, cause <laughs> I'm 29 too. No, I know. It, okay. It's, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I'm turning 30 in December. God damn. Well, Meadow's been waiting to turn 30 for her whole life. I've been, no, my husband makes fun of me because he's like, Every year, because we've been together for 10 years, and he's like, every fucking year of your 20s, you're like, I can't wait to turn 30. And now that you're here, me like, typical, me, t- typical me, I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go. Oh, my God. Girl, since I was 15, I was like, I'll, my kitchen will look like anthropology, and I'll have parties, and my friends will come up. Like, I've romanticized yeah. 30. Right. Granted, my kitchen is not all anthropology, and that's not <laughs> what 30 looks like, but I am still, like, 30s are supposed to be the best years of our life, especially as women. 
Yeah. I'm like, are we having a good time yet? We're entering a whole new decade. Yeah. yeah. And um, I got married in February and I, you know, I'm kind of inching Congrats. towards that. Thank you. Um, I'm, you know, inching towards that. Like, okay, do I want to have kids? When do I want to have kids? You know, that right. whole vibe. I know that I do eventually want to have kids because allegedly they're supposed to bring joy into your life. <laughs> allegedly. Um, <laughs> allegedly. We're still waiting on that. Um, but I, you know, I think that also is triggering for me because like, like when, like things like when you turn 30 or whatever, you have these expectations of who you're going to be. And I'm looking around, I'm like, this dumb bitch is going to be someone's like mom, like for real. Like, oh my God. Like, you know, I I use my poor mom who just did her fucking best as like as content for all of my therapy sessions. You know what I mean? Inevitably you fuck up, you do something, (laughs) um, you know, like it's just, you can't not. So I was sitting on, it's nothing like sitting on the couch in your underwear to really make you realize things. I don't know if that's a normal thing, but I was sitting in my living room in my underwear and I was like, when I have like a 11 year old, this might be weird. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that when I have kids, I'm going to be able to sit on the couch in my underwear. So I was like, okay, that got me like thinking. And I was like, okay. And like, I cannot have a kid during football season or I will divorce my husband. Like, I I will lose my mind. So I'm thinking about these things and I'm like, okay. And my, my karmic um, issue in this life is that I'm just surrounded by Scorpios um, who I adore. I'm addicted to them, but they are, oh my God, they are. Is your husband a Scorpio? Yes. Yes. Mm, yeah. Yes. I mean, I love Scorpios, but I, I love a, me a Scorpio, but goddamn, the, that pendulum yeah. uh-huh. really swings to both, you know, sides. Yeah. So, um, and then I'm like, okay, I don't want to have a Scorpio. So like, how do I plan? And then I'm like, okay, also I want to do this oh. amount of healing. I want to do that. Like I started there. I'm in therapy twice a week right now. Like I'm really trying, yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to heal. Like before, I, before the, like I get to the finish line, I don't know, but it's like, that's also triggering because you realize, um, that your shortcomings will dictate the story of another will pass on yes my mom used to always say to me like since I was little she was like being a parent does not make you a different person being a parent means you drank too much tequila Mm -hmm. and had sex and now you're responsible like since I was little my mom has been like it doesn't change anything you're still the same have to be concept like you're gonna wake up and be a mom and be like I'm the exact same flawed human being. And now I'm responsible for this. No, I'm like, is mm-hmm. there a course I can take? Like, is there a fucking like, you know, Literally. a certificate I can get yeah. to do this? But no, like there are people that are far dumber or like less equipped or yeah. whatever that to do that do this all the time. And it's, but it's, you know, it's something that I take seriously, which I think is good, but I just don't know how people walk into it. Like if it happens, it happens. I'm like, what the hell? I overthink about yeah. everything. And you know, this is something that I know. I, I understand about. you deeply. I mean, listen, but when the, the moment you opened your mouth to talk about your unpacking, I was like smiling ear to ear, not because I'm like, Oh, thank God this woman is going through that because like I go through that and I'm like, I hope no one else does (laughs) because the listeners know it's all I, it's all I fucking talk about on this podcast. Like just growing up in an environment with like an entrepreneurial mom and like, you know, your, your career is like very much equated to your success. And like, Mm -hmm. that is all I witnessed. And that's Mm -hmm. like really what I've become. And I'm like working towards not doing that all the time. But like, like Meadow said, we're always just talking about like, I live constantly in the future of like, Mm -hmm. but once I have, you know, the house, once I have the career, once I have the husband, once I have the kids, like then I'll have a better relationship with this person in my family. Mm -hmm. Then I'll have this because they'll take me seriously. And then all of a sudden I'll be really successful. And like, it just, I think that way all the fucking time. And I find it so valuable, like, and refreshing to hear from others who feel that way, especially others who like, I mean, I started this podcast being like, 
we fucking look up to you and like, you know, used all your like mm-hmm. references that. and everything. And like, now you're here sitting here being like, oh no, I actually go through this shit too. And I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah. Now we're all fucking lost. So it won't change. <laughs> yeah, yeah yes. exactly. No, no not fantastic. at all. No. And I talked about it on my show, you know, after, um, I got engaged, which like 10 out of 10 recommend high, like that's the best part of getting married, doing the whole thing, like getting engaged. That's is so true. On a shit. It's, it's so fun. Yeah. Like calling whatever. It's so fun. And just because, you know, the universe, God, whomever has a sense of humor, I like fell into a deep, um, depressive episode like mm. two weeks after mm. not because of anything but just be and like yeah. I think that's like such an important part of depression that people don't that don't have it like or don't struggle with it often don't understand is that it's not brought on by anything you can be like the hap at the happiest point of your life and still feel like and it makes it hurt even more because you're like I'm supposed to be happy I'm supposed yeah. to like at least in my normal depressive days I'm like well I have this reason to be unhappy I got that but like the most maddening form of depression is when everything is going okay or well and mm-hmm. you're still depressed, you know? And then so, everything you're met with is why? Well, right. why? Well, what brought it on? And right. you're like, I can't even begin to unpack that with you. Yes. It's yeah, not, you, it's, that's not even how this happens. Yeah. No, it's like, it's not even sadness. It's apathy. Mm, it's right. like a numbness, apathy, you know? Yeah. It's like, 100%. I can't, like, I can't get out of bed. And you don't want to say it to anyone because everyone's like, oh, is she just depressed because she just got engaged? I'm like, no, like I was <laughs> right. like oh. on cloud nine, but yeah. part of my depression, the part of it that is a superpower is that my highs are fucking higher than shit. And my mm-hmm. lows are mm-hmm. lower. You know, my pendulum swings mm-hmm both ways in a huge, like in, you know, in a huge way. So, um, yeah, that was very sobering for me to realize. And it was a good lesson for me in life that like, oftentimes my happiest moments will be followed or preceded by me feeling shitty. You said in an interview, um, with and repeat who we love here, both men and I worked with her as well. You were talking about how you cushion your life around your mental health, which I thought was a really beautiful way to put it and not something that you often hear said from a woman who's successful in her career or anybody that's successful in their career for that matter. How do you, how do you do that? Like, how are you, especially if you're talking about the highs being really high and the lows being really low and you understanding that the pendulum is going to continue to swing, how do you adjust? I don't want to say like course correct, but like, yeah, just put in those, um, parameters. Well, I think so much of my twenties now I'm speaking in hindsight, but you know, even now, um, I was chasing after being um, the women that started blogs, you know, like that were millennial pink and aspirational and mm-hmm. whoops, I just ended up on Forbes 30 under 30 at 18 and it was like so easy. And like, I, you know, I, was, I just wanted to be that bitch so badly. I wanted to be organized. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be not depressed. I wanted to be, um, you know, all of these things, you just like, we, we do it all the time. When we scroll, we like want to be able to, and I just couldn't outrun it. You know what I mean? I yeah. couldn't, mm-hmm. um, I realized, and I think that's one of the hardest parts of your twenties is your, and the beautiful part of like the end is that you kind of realize like, this is my body. This is my brain. This is everything. This like, and that's who I am. So I realized that like, I couldn't change that. So the more that I leaned into the parts of me that I always tried to hide, you know, like my depression Mm. or my affinity towards my bed, you know, and my love (laughs) affair with my bed. Um, but I had a, I had a depressed mom. So like so much of my childhood was Mm. spent in bed and like, Mm. I'm a depressed, you know, by 
horrendous. Thank God for DNA. You know, I'm depressed now. And like (laughs) bed is, and I just think if you're depressed or not mentally ill or not bed, if you're saying that bed is not the greatest place in the whole world, then you're lying. Yes. You're lying. So it's even like represented in the evolution of the show. You know, my, the show used to be Mm -hmm. called tell me about it. And now it's called live from bed. And like everyone when I changed the name, they like, there was a collective sigh of relief of like, okay, this feels really mm. resonated with people because oh. I wasn't looking at the right part of the internet. I was looking at people that I wanted to be and people that were, are full of shit also. Like, you, mm-hmm. you know, like my yes. God, mm-hmm. it, it it's really, a projection. Yeah. It never ceases to amaze me. The more perfect you see, you think someone is online, the more like, toenails mm-hmm. in their closet. You know what I mean? Like the more yeah. like scary <laughs> shit that they're hiding. It's really unbelievable. Um, so I like needed to, I, I was so sickened by that. And so, um, I hated myself so much for not being those people that I was like, I know for a fact, because of the way that I grew up, you know, I grew up in the entertainment industry and I knew firsthand or like with my parents in the entertainment industry. So I was around it. I knew firsthand that most of the people that people idolized were the most miserable or had the most mm-hmm. like crazy things going on in their life. So I knew they weren't exempt from the human experience at all. But for some reason, we were all playing along in this world where like, oh, celebrities don't feel that. Or like the people that we idolize or Mm -hmm, compare ourselves mm -hmm. to online, like they don't feel that it's just me. So I was like, fuck it. I, I, it was like the show started out of sheer desperation. Like I was like, I don't care if I have one listener, I'm going to like invite the people that I admire and compare myself to online and not let them talk about any of their successes. I don't want to hear it. Like, you know Mm. what I mean? It's all wonderful, but like, I want to hear the, to me, the other story is so much more interesting. Like what makes it hard to get out of bed in the morning? Um, what, you know, what are you unpacking? Like, what are things that are hard for you? And what, what's the, what was the hard part of your story? There's so much more to learn there. I can't learn anything from like 10 lucky breaks and, you know, a lack of mental illness. I'm like, okay, well, good for you. You know, <laughs> wonderful. I, I couldn't outrun it. Like I couldn't outrun yeah. like who I actually am. I fucking tried. I tried to blog, which is like truly, I'm like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I love you guys because I'm so, I'm admitting this online. I mean, on this podcast, <laughs> it's the most embarrassing thing of my fucking life. Um, like I tried Tell to us. do it. You know what I mean? I tried to fit in this world yeah. that like I didn't fit in. Yeah. And yeah. I tried for so long. And so I realized, you know, like even just little ways of, Work, like building my life around my ADHD and realizing that like, okay, I, maybe mm-hmm. I need certain breaks or like tapping into that side of the internet. It took me like just shifting my perspective and looking because the, the content was there. I just like didn't like it as much as like the shiny millennial totally. pink stuff that I was seeing. And built like, therapy was extremely helpful, but also realizing like what my cycle is and realizing that as women, oh we get God. one fucking good, mo- good week we a month. About. Yeah. And Uh I just fucking can't Uh get over that. So like, you know, sometimes I will try to not when I can not schedule big things for when I'm PMSing Mm -hmm. because like, holy fuck. I turn into like the kind of the century. Oh no, I am literally shark week. Yeah, no, it's, it's dark because <laughs> they can it smell gets, us. I yeah. fucked my whole life up. I, it's like, I lie to my husband often because like, I will get in an explosive fight with him the night before. And then I fucking get my period. And he's like, did you get your period? I'm it's like, no, absolutely yeah. not. Like I will yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. lie. How dare you? Um, how dare you truly? <laughs> um, but yeah, like learning that, like when you lean into the thing that you are trying to run from, like mm. there is for you and for other people, it, it's just so there's connection there. Mm-hmm. There's like this, there's no connection in perfection. There's no, you know, mm-hmm. 
there's no, t- um, like it's just boring, you know? So for me, I was like, the more I leaned into the stuff that scared me, the stuff that I thought the boy I had a crush on wouldn't like me for or the stuff, mm. you know, like that's where, that's when the show took off. That's when I felt better. Mm-hmm. That's what, you know? So it's like, I just, if I could have like wasted less time hating myself, like I, I really wish I could have, but I think it was important for me because I, I needed to learn that like, I, I wish I'd like, I could have like added years to my life to spend more time with the imperfect version of me because like it, and I do mm. have many more years in my life, but it is, um, it's sad how long I wanted to be someone different. And like, by mm. the way, if you've never been through hardship, like you probably don't have a great sense of humor. You probably are like boring <laughs> at dinner parties. You probably like yeah. can't connect with people. Like all the shit that I thought like, fuck my parents for getting divorced. Fuck, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. all this stuff. For, first of all, it's 99% of the content that I like talk about on my show. Like right. I would have nothing to talk about. <laughs> so yes. you're like, thanks for the check. Welcome to our show. Same. Really? <laughs> like I love yeah. a traumatized bitch more than anything. <laughs> like it's truly like we make the world go round. It's fun. It's fun out here you like have perspective you have empathy you have um things that other people don't have no truly like we got Mm -hmm. jokes for days but like one of the things that i'm afraid with my kids is like i'm so afraid of fucking them up but i desperately want to fuck them up because as i'm like nearing my 30s i like resiliency the parts that i love about myself are like kind of we're born from trauma or we're born from like hardship. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, how do I fuck my kids up? But like not too much where they're like hospitalized and like, you know, like, <laughs> but like, they're, you funny. Know, but like yeah. th- but they're funny, you know, can I'm boring kids. Yeah. God, please. I, I, I know. I, I think about that all the time. I'm like, what if one is just like <laughs> fucking boring? Yeah, no, no it's if Have you met you? You yeah, raising a child you. could not come out boring. And frankly, us all doing our best is inevitably going to fuck them up on its own. Like exactly. there's nothing to do but try your best because you're going <laughs> to oh, fuck them up. It's so like, true. There's no like, how do I fuck? No, you try your best because we're going to fuck them up. Right, inevitably, yeah. I think to turn that on its head a little bit, like you wanting more years, I think if you didn't have those years, you wouldn't get to this new place of like 100%. bringing those stories to light and sharing those because the, the same way you're doing for us, we're big neuroplasticity bitches over here. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that forms neuroplasticity. You bringing all these incredible role models on and showing the same struggles, showing how they move through them and still can manage to achieve a life that other people may want, like Mm -hmm. your listeners, us, whoever it may be. Like it's a direct path to show us like, oh, we can have that too. Like I see myself in them. I know how to move through that. I know what tools I can use. Like it has so much greater of a ripple effect. Totally. So I would turn that on its head and just be like, thank God I went through that. Totally. Because look at what your ripple effect is now from that. No, absolutely. And from like the, cause now I'm just like thinking from the journalist perspective. Cause I told you, I love the way that you interview. Mm-hmm. Like oh, that you. was quite frankly, like the biggest reason that I quit my last job. Like I started my career aside from like my internships, I was the assistant to the editor in chief at architectural digest. And that oh was like God, an incredible fun. All I wanted to do was work at Connie Nast. Everyone on the internet knows. Like I was like, I'm going to be in a winter and then I'll leave. Like, <laughs> yeah. great. Yes. And I was like, easy. What are you fucking talking about? And yes. yeah, no once I was there, I mean, it was an incredible opportunity. My old boss, Amy is like such an amazing mentor to me. But like, I felt like I saw too much. And I also felt like I was tightening up even, and I already have a tendency to have a stick up my ass. And so like, that was not a great environment for me where like, I just feel like I got more buttoned up. And like, also we always joke that like my mom could throw me and my sister in a room. We could fucking talk to a wall. Like I know what to say. I know how to move. I know how to act. That's so true. And AD made me more that way, which I understand Mm -hmm. because of like the corporate, I get it. I get it. But I was like the stories that I want to tell, like I'd be in a pitch meeting, but like, can we talk about their mental health? And they're like, no, we're talking about a chair. You idiot. Like get out of the room. (laughs) 
And that when like I left, I was like, all I wanted to do was like be disgusting on the internet and, and like showing people like every bit of me because like yeah. the most exciting home tours that I've gotten to write have been the ones where the celebrity talks to me like a fucking human being. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's why like, I love what you're saying. And I wonder also like, as your show has changed, cause I've noticed my voice, like as the more like work that I get and the more like successful I feel in that work, regardless of reach, just like how I feel after I do it, it's mm -hmm. all gotten better as I've gotten more comfortable in my own voice. And like mm -hmm. people, I'm 27, people not telling me that like, I'm too young to be doing it. Or like, right. you know, mm -hmm. I got so used to like being somebody's assistant mm -hmm. that like you have to wear that hat and you're very like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And that bled into my interview. So I wonder like the way that your show has changed, like, have you felt yourself opening up more in that way where it's not this like, thank you so much mentality slash like, it reminded me of what you said earlier about like your people pleasing type of mm -hmm. tendencies. Mm -hmm. Like, do you think that like being trained from that like interview perspective where you're just mm -hmm. grateful that someone's sitting in the room with you, like bearing their soul impacted like your other dynamics? I don't know if yeah. that was a very long winded question. No, I totally get it. No, no it's yeah, absolutely. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I think gratitude is a wonderful thing in moderation. You know, I mm -hmm. think as women, mm -hmm. we're often taught, say please and thank you. And, you know, we're also more like, I think there was a study that, you know, between men and women, not to be like totally gender binary, but just in the way our brains work, where women, um, you could show, like they showed men and women pictures of faces, right? But they were like mm -hmm. all like emoting differently. Like someone was angry, someone was sad, someone was at whatever. And men paled in comparison to women, like their ability mm -hmm. to just see like, you know, discomfort, like recognize it in another person, mm -hmm. it, we're, you know, it's so profound. So for me, like that's, it's, it's learning and like the hardest thing in the world to me. And I work on it so much in therapy is like finding that middle ground, right. By you, by realizing that that's like a superpower of mine, but mm -hmm. also realizing that that is my kryptonite as well. Because like yeah. when I sense that someone's uncomfortable, when I, you know, and I think with podcasting specifically, it is one of those things where you immediately become, um, you put someone on a pedestal because you ask them to come on your show and that's an ego trip in, in and of itself. You're like, you're stroking their ego while like feeling like, okay, fuck, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then you like interview these people that sometimes fucking suck. You know, oh truly, like, let's just be real. Like sometimes people you're like, this is so validating. It's not even funny. Yeah. Right. You're like, who the fuck invited you? And you're like, oh fuck, it was me. I forgot. Me. You know? Yeah. It was us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like, this, this sucks. And I hate that I'm like, you know, telling, you know, I hate that you're famous or whatever. I hate that so many people are buying your bullshit because you really are a shitty human being. But I remember like talking, not, I remember, please. It was like two weeks ago, um, talking <laughs> to my producer afterward. And I would always be like, do you think they liked me? Do you think they had a good time? Do you think, um, you know, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember like feeling like at one point a few years ago, and it's something that I recognize. And I just really try to remember every time I do that is like, Jade, did you like them? More often than not, exactly. the answer is not at all, but we just mm. want that validation <laughs> so badly, you know, like, or like, yeah. you know, and, and it's, and it's hard. Like I would wait online to see like, oh, did they follow me after I interviewed them? Did they, mm. you know, all that bullshit. And you're like, this person is like, you know, it's kind of like, remember who you are. And like, it doesn't have to be like, you don't mm -hmm. have to be anyone, but it's just like, remember right. that like, I, I think it's so important to realize that sometimes we put people on pedestals and that relationship, it's really hard to recalibrate. 
um, yeah. once you do that with someone because it's like you put them there's one thing but there's a difference between like being nice and welcoming and the whole thing but Mm -hmm. thinking of someone as better than you or any of that Mm -hmm. like when you can help it you really shouldn't do that because like try to remember like Mm -hmm. what and I do it to a fault I'm like okay let me think about like all their childhood traumas and like the way that like I didn't like this (laughs) post and like all the ways that I can like make them like back on my level you know a human Um, yes a human (laughs) A shitty human yeah. at that probably. But um, yeah, it's like I, I really try to practice that all the time by being like, okay, I want this to feel like a welcoming, safe space, but I cannot abandon myself in the process. Like I would mm-hmm. listen back to shows and they would say, um, and I love like murdering babies. And I'd be like, yeah, totally. Uh-huh. Like, like, me too. You know, and I'm yeah. like, that f- I totally get mor- that. You know, right. I'm like, yeah. that, what the hell, Jade? Like, I was like, you like, you know, can't shut up. Like, you're so like fiery and like firm and whatever. And yet you're letting like this idiot just like talk about things that you don't like agree with at all. Like, it's okay to say like, not every confrontation has to be like, go fuck yourself. Like it can be like, oh, you know, I I didn't see it that way, but like, and it can be, you can do it in a playful way, but nothing hurts more than like abandoning yourself that like that regret Mm -hmm. is worse than the discomfort that you'll feel in doing it. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like I think of every confrontation as like such a big thing and realizing that there yeah. is rupture and repair constantly and like all kind of all our all our conversations and that not rupture and repair. Like, I mean, it's, there. you know, it can be as benign as like saying like, oh, I love bananas. I don't love bananas. Like, that's OK. You know, the person can still mm-hmm. feel safe and held with and like probably will feel safer if you're not just like yesing them to death, exactly. you know? So it's it's important exactly. for me to find that middle ground. Like I, my favorite flavor of healing is when I can completely do the opposite thing. And the hardest form of feel, healing is when you realize that there's good things and bad, like good parts and bad parts of it mm-hmm. and having to actually straddle that. Like I would love to just be like, oh, mm-hmm. I should never people please again. And let me just completely overcorrect and say, fuck everyone and whatever. But that wouldn't be me either. I'm somewhere in the middle and like recognizing that it has been really helpful and important to me, but yet I still do it all the time. Like I'm like, you know, I'm interviewing someone and I just, you know, I I don't like them, but my first thought, my reflex is, do they like me? And it's Mm -hmm. really weird Mm -hmm. because I'm like, why do I care if they like me? I I, like, I don't like them, you know, but you just don't like you abandon yourself because it's, it's easy, you know? So that's yeah, been a huge yeah. lesson for me. Yes, to answer your question, like unbelievably so. Yes. Mm. The listeners know I am a recovering people pleaser. And yes. so much of that is in thanks to Gabby. Yeah. But one She's just saying I'm a bigger bitch really than she worked is. for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you ask the question in your professional life, but in your personal life, you are very good at loving conflict and loving Thank that. You. you and I have Thank loving you. conflict all the time. And it's yeah, fun and it's yeah. the listener's favorite when we fight. Right. But a reframe that really worked for me because people please it, like it's so hard to abandon yourself, but as people pleasers and highly sensitive people, like the other person is such a big factor of that mm-hmm. and their mm. comfortability. So the reframe that really like nixed it for me was reframing people pleasing as a form of control. 
Like right. it's not just abandoning my myself. I'm manipulating and controlling you so that you like totally. me, but it's a fake projection of me. So you're still rejecting me anyway. Totally. And like I me thinking, that. oh, I'm not making this better for you. I'm manipulating you actually. Like that nixed it for me. Cause I was like, oh, if I am really people please, if I want to please someone, why the fuck am I manipulating them? Right. Like that right. switched it for me. It's the best no, reframe. that's fucking brilliant. Right. That really did it I for love me, that. frankly. Put the nail in the coffin. I but love that. in that kind of like straddle of nuance and like liking yourself first so that other people don't have to like you. We also, I've heard you talk about like negative self-talk a lot mm -hmm. and kind of that being your negative self-talk being very sophisticated and articulate. Yes. And we understand that we've been there. Yes. I'm curious, like your tools or like recent tips or tools that pull you out of that. Yeah. Like, do you have any good reframes? Do you have any things that you dive into to kind of get yourself out of a spiral? What does that look like? You know, I think I, I'm going to say something that's maybe counterintuitive, but I, I think mm. not trying to get out of it is important too. I think re what really helps me is realizing that this too shall pass, you know, and it's mm -hmm. fucking uncomfortable and it's hard. Oh my God, it's hard. But like as someone who's chronically online and just scrolling and comp comparing despair and whatever they call it, whatever the catchphrase is of the week, um, I, <laughs> I do it all the time. So it's kind of hard to avoid, but I feel like negative self-talk or like a shame spiral. Um, you know, I'll do things like I'll try to distract myself, like with my favorite show, like I will give in in the way that like, okay, I need a little more coddling right now. I need to be softer mm -hmm. with myself mm -hmm. right now. Um, but realizing that like, there are times where I feel when I'm like probably ovulating and I feel like on top of the world and you know, like that my shit doesn't stink. So I, I think just knowing mm -hmm. that like, and I say it all the time, like I get whiplash from like that like I'm like what the yeah. hell like yesterday we hated yeah. ourselves we thought we were like you know dirt and like today we think oh my god bro I'm so funny and Goddess she's so cute energy. And, yes yeah. so I'm like <laughs> come on like a little consistency would be wonderful um I think just realizing that I'll feel like that again you know and that like yeah. okay in these shame spirals where I want to delete every picture on my Instagram and I you know imagine that this girl who probably like is you know whatever god bless her um whoever she is that like, like I can, I think like I create an entire story for who she is and how perfect she mm -hmm. is from like what I see online. It's really hard, but at the same time, it's, it's part of it. Like my self-awareness and like kind of obsessive, like it's also like, I hate seeing it's a superpower too. Cause like, God, you know, gag. but it's like, <laughs> it is though. Like every yeah. biggest weakness is our biggest strength and vice versa. It's so, right, which fucking I feel that it yeah. is, it's yeah. awful, but I think it's just, the duality. That's our curse. Yeah. yeah. I think sitting in it, you know, and being like, okay, I know this is going to end, but like this, you know, and just trying to distract yourself, like eat, order something on Postmates, like just indulge yourself mm -hmm. a little bit, like treat yourself, but also really like the, and this is going to suck to say, but I'm not, you know, at least I'm not saying like, go take a walk or run or do something like that. Um, <laughs> but I think the best thing is to, like, to, right? to, to be of service, you know, to like the yeah. quickest thing to get out of that is to like, and it doesn't have to be, you know, feeding homeless at your local shelter, like, which would be probably the best thing to do. It can also be like calling a friend to see how they are. But like when I'm usually in those, like, I don't want to really, really want to reach out to someone else, but just mm -hmm. doing something that's, um, takes you out of your body a little bit and out of like your mm -hmm. tunnel vision of like hating yourself. Um, you mm -hmm. know, like I, I think just doing the next best thing, you know, the next right thing, like just, re just turning it around and being of service and just realizing that like, that like that really does build self-esteem 
you know, and like you can't. Oh, being of service is how I moved through trauma. Right. And it's like, truly, and it, until it became a career. Like, yeah, that's exactly no, what I did. Totally. Yeah. And I think realizing that, like, you can't fight shame with shame. You know, you can't feel mm, like yeah. you're not going to win if you're like, okay, um, I'm, a sh- I'm, f- I hate myself. I'm ashamed of this. I'm ashamed of that, which is like my favorite channel. Um, you can't like say like, oh, I'm, and then I'm ashamed of feeling ashamed. Like that's never, you're, right, you can't like right, hate yourself right. out of hating yourself. So I think mm-hmm. just like trying to combat it with, you know, being of service truly is like the best, next best thing. I love that response. And I can tell you right now, it's not one that we've ever gotten the, oh, on the show. Yeah. And so I love your answer. Yeah. Cause also it's not counterintuitive either, because think about it. Like when you can't fall asleep, if you just sit there and you're like, fucking fall asleep, you stupid bitch, like you're right. not going to fall asleep. Right. So I exactly. like that advice of like, sometimes you have to give in a little and understand that you need to be softer. And also like taking yourself out of your own fucking story for five minutes yeah. to be like, mm-hmm. quite frankly, like love you so much, but you're not that important all the time. Mm-hmm. Like let's also open up our perspective a bit, I think is extremely valuable and like free, something that every single person listening can do mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. So I think it's incredibly valuable. And also just like speaking of, we're not, you know, the most important thing in the universe all the time. Um, all the Harsh time. Pivot. Heard you talk about manifesting and how um, your husband was oh, the one thing you've manifested. Yeah. Well, she said. No. She said so, her husband is what she manifested. And I need to know about this because by the way, well, you guys both went to- let's talk about that. Yes. And also like clearly we stalked you. Um, I love that. You guys both went to UM. I grew up like right by UM. I'm from Miami. No so love this for us. Yes. Oh my God. Have you been to Havana Harry's, my favorite place in the whole world? You mean the- you mean- Church? What are you talking no, about? No, like literally Father's <laughs> and Van Harry's. Like I yeah. am fucking – we, uh, like, we can talk about that for hours. I heard they were yeah. just bought like by a private equity thing. I'm like mm-hmm. not happy about it. I'm a little concerned. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So oh. no, I. you know, my relationship with manifesting is is interesting. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm not a huge – I mean maybe I am. Like I, maybe I just don't know I'm doing it. Manifesting for me, I always feel a little stupid – you know what I mean? I always feel like Perfect. a little like like I think it's it's a, an amazing thing, and I do feel like you speak you can speak things into existence, and um, you know want things with your whole heart, and I do all of that. But I think um, I think I, I you know what my relationship with it is because I feel rejected by it because I just don't know how to do it. I think like concretely, oh, and girl, I think we're gonna help you. Okay, we've please, I would tools. love that. But yeah, with mm-hmm. my husband, and, like my, grounded in research and psychology, I and, love like, that. We've for got us. real tools. Okay, so we'll wonderful. Yeah. I would love that. Um, but no, my husband. What we so we met in college. Um, when I, I mean, God, manifesting. I don't think I'd ever use that word in my life. But um, I saw him the first day of my freshman year. I met him. And he was two years older than me, and I was just a smitten kitten. I was like obsessed. I was like, "Oh Instant? my god!" Instantly. Where instantly. were you? Was it in class? Was it at a party? No, like, I was at my. Picture? We had like one mutual friend that was his roommate, and he was like, "Oh, my roommate." I was like at at that guy's house, and who's now dating my sister? But that's like a whole other story. Um, wow. And cute. Yeah, I know, very cute. And um, but then I met him, and like my world stopped, and I was like, oh my god. And I had a dream like ah! a couple weeks later about like us, and like with this, also like I'm just like a stalker. Like this is like so weird. <laughs> if this hadn't worked out, you know what I mean? But I had like a dream I'm of obsessed. us like in this house that I'm still waiting to see if like one day we'll live in. Like it, I remember like what it looked like. Like we were sitting at a That's table, cool. whatever. But no, I was like very much obsessed. I 
I invented I like something I like to call or I did call irrational dibs where like I told everyone in my friend group that it's irrational because he doesn't <laughs> he, he, a he has a girlfriend b like it, he doesn't care about me at all oh um, my god so but I was like but no one else can go with him which is like extremely yeah. toxic you need to trademark that and like if you ever any book no, show on a anything like you yeah. need that yeah, like irrational. irrational it's important. Dibs. It's important. New merch. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. but um, uh, you know, I said it in my vows to him. Like every, I- I'm an obsessive. Uh, I have an obsessive personality. He had a girlfriend. Like, let me just be extremely clear. He had a girlfriend. <laughs> um, but I was like, nope, that's okay. You know, yeah. reframe. And I, you know, every eleven eleven, every birthday wish, every um dandelion, like I passed on the street, like mm. I wished to be in a relationship so with him. I told everyone, like so humiliating. I told everyone, like I, you know, I had a friend that also, he grew up in the Valley. I had a friend that also lived in the Valley and I, she, you know, I, I would have her drop my name at completely unnecessary times. Like she would run Hell into yeah. him and be like, do you know where, have you seen Jade recently? He's like, who again? Like, I have no <laughs> idea. Um, it was like absolutely humiliating, but I really like, I just saw, I, I felt like I knew him or I needed to know him. Um, so I really say it's like the only thing I've manifested because that was two fucking years of like me really putting in the work of like, I see us together. Like I will save myself for him. I, you know, like not really, but like, you know, like I, I was really (laughs) obsessed and like, if it hadn't worked out, like, then I don't know that I, what, I don't know what I would have done. Um, but yeah, I just like knew in my soul that like, it was something that I needed to do and I just wanted it so badly. So yeah, I do say that it's the only thing I've ever manifested. Wow. I I put, I haven't put that much energy into something in a long time. Yeah. But you, you hit the nail on the head too of like what the part that I think people get wrong about manifesting is like thinking you're just like making a mood board and like a vision board. And like, that's about it. Like you literally just said, like, I've never put more work or energy into something like that's that's exactly what it is. It's like you not even dream it. Like you see it for your life. Yeah. You have like like what now people are calling like fucking being delusional and like living in Delulu land and like whatever the hell you see it, whatever you genuinely like feel it. And then it's like, it's called co-creating. Like you have Mm -hmm. to meet the universe fucking halfway. I, I, I definitely do that. No, I think what you said was is important because the first and only vision board I ever made was in February. Cause of course, like I just cannot do anything by a deadline. Like Jan- I missed January. I did right. ma- in February of 20 fucking 20, I made a vision board. This is so like dumb, but so I think there are parts of it that like, you know, I think finding the, your version of manifestation is important and realizing right. like that it is just like seeing yourself in, in where you want to be and wanting it. And like that, and like, like you said, co-creating and, you know, putting yourself in positions like to get those things and, yeah, it, it, it manifestation is a powerful thing. I'm just like, it's a little confusing to me. Oh and my you gotta gosh. believe it. We have yeah. so many tools and resources. Okay, We're I'm gonna so help excited. you. But that it even goes back to your show, like that neuroplasticity piece of like seeing yourself and who you believe in, and then seeing the story of how they got there and how they're just like you. Like that forms new neural pathways to believe you can do it. So then you start co-creating and taking the aligned steps. To, like that is manifestation. Totally. In a nutshell. Totally. It's just like having goals, identifying them, taking the right steps and like believing that you're worth it. Yeah. That's it in a nutshell. I love that. You know, I love that. I'd love to dive in a little bit about your relationship with your husband in terms of, can you give us tips for how to be a supportive partner to someone struggling with mental health challenges? Oh my God. Gabby and I've talked about this before, but we would love to hear your perspective on this. Yeah. 
Um, I think the, my poor husband, no. Um, but <laughs> We're I like think, same. <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard out here. But like I do feel like the heart, the people that like, or like the, the women that are quote unquote difficult are the best ones. I really do oh, yeah. believe that. Um, they need a challenge. But so I think like what can't be understated is holding space. Like I think we mm. always, mm. especially men, um, but any partner or anyone in general, like you, our tendency, our, you know, knee jerk reaction when someone tells us a problem is to say like, oh, and I think you should do this or give them advice or um, try to like do things to help. And one of the most maddening things about mental illness is that I, like I said, it's not brought on by anything specifically. It's not um, the inside internal world and outside world don't have anything to do with each other. So it can be really confusing for someone and, and hard, you know, it's, it's really hard. So I think the, one of the main things is holding space and realizing like how much, um, how much impact that like is in that. And just being like, you know, instead of saying, maybe go for a run, like I guarantee you the person that you're telling that to has thought about it and has actively Mm -hmm. realized that Mm -hmm. they can't do that. Um, you know, really just sitting there and being like, okay, what if we just lay in bed? Like, what if I'll just lay in bed with you and you don't have to entertain me? Um, it's, you know, if you have a friend that's depressed or has, has suffers from mental illness, it's sending a text message and saying, you don't need to respond. Um, it's just like showing that you're there, that you don't need to be entertained, that you don't need to be, that, that your, their love for you is not contingent upon your ability to, go for a walk with them or show Mm -hmm. up for things, knowing that these things pass. And like, I think that's the important responsibility of the mentally ill person is just saying like, I'm in this right now. I recognize it because I think the, like one of the more maddening things is, is like you can be with someone with mental illness, with addiction or whatever, but it's lonely to be with someone who is actively not helping themselves in any capacity, you know, and it may not look like how you help yourself, you know, but like, you know, being curious if they're like, when they're not feeling like it, if they, if they're not like under their mental illness at the time, like if they're seeking therapy, if they're um, aware that it's hard for you also, you know, I always compare it to like, it's like being with a diabetic who refuses to take their insulin. It's like, you can be Mm. with a diabetic, Mm -hmm. but like when you're with someone who refuses to take their insulin, it's like, then that becomes problematic. But yeah, holding space I think is extremely important, but also for the partner, it's like, it's very hard and it's hard not to drown with someone who's drowning. Like when my husband comes home from work and he, God bless him, has no mental illness, which like I'm still suspect about. I'm like a little like, "Mm, same with mine. It makes no sense. Maybe that's why they're attracted to us. No, I'm I'm like, like, I'll find it. I'll find it. I'll I'll find it. Um, but yeah, like I think for when he comes home from work and he's in a bad mood, I'm like, fuck, because I drown with, I like, that's my version Mm. of love is like, I will drown with you. It's hard for me to Mm. be happy in a house where like someone else is suffering. So I think for the partner of someone with mental illness, like keep your commitments, you know, like do your life, like make sure that you're still, if you need an outlet of therapy, a friend to call, like I think oftentimes like it's a secret, it's a big secret. So you feel like as the partner, you can't reach out to anyone because then you're exposing your partner, but finding those, it can be an anonymous or whatever private, like, you know, confession or not confession, but like confiding in someone, um, just realizing that like you have to take care of yourself too, and that it's not helping the other person for you to drown with them. But like, if, you know, if there is a dinner that you both need to go to, you can still go, you know, and just like Mm -hmm. understand that your partner may not be able to go. So I think just like being Mm -hmm. there and like showing like that their love for you is, consistent and steady. And that like, because I think our greatest fear when we're in our mental illness is like, 
will that person still love us? Like this is a very dark, it's hard Mm -hmm. for me to love myself right now, let alone someone else. So I think showing them that you still love them um, and that, you know, they can just hold space. It's, It's nice. Yeah. I love that response. I wanted to ask you too, just about like the intimacy side of it, because I, I always find it interesting, like hearing, talking about it, like with friends, if like somebody's going through, and I'm specifically talking about like antidepressants too, of like when you're just like your sex drive is just not there. And then the conversation that that happens with your partner, where it's like, they can either meet you at like, are you not attracted to me? What's wrong Mm. with me? Or they can be combative and be like, what the fuck? Like feel rejected and be like, what's going on? So I just want to ask you just in general, I want to talk about sex and antidepressants and like- the conversations, Ooh, even this. if like you're in a relationship that's maybe new and like it's not your, you know, spouse or whatever, mm-hmm. or like your partner of however many years, like broaching that conversation in a way that like A is protective of like you and what you're moving through because it is a mm-hmm. vulnerable thing, but also being like, this is the fucking reality of like yeah. what's happening here. Yeah. No, I and, like I, put a bow on a bottle of lube and hand it to him and be like, yes. let's have the talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally. No, really, really. Been there. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I think it, it's, I just first want to say like, it's hard, you know, it's real. I think it's hard for a lot of women, like based on their cycle, they may be more in the mood or less in the mood. And it's a lot of more women are, have, um, responsive arousal than like spontaneous arousal, which is like, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's not just like the thought of sex. You're like, let's fucking go, which it might be sometimes in the month. That is the case. Um, but I think what people and women on antidepressants, it, it can be hard. And I have a lot of friends and men, by the way, like not just women. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends mm-hmm. who struggle greatly with it, but I really don't want that to be something that deters you from going on antidepressants because like if I could tattoo Lexapro on my forehead, I would. Um, <laughs> I'm, obs- I'm obsessed with Lexapro. It's like changed my life, the whole thing. Um, I don't know why people on Lexapro, like, lo- like we, I don't know. They, they, people you on Lexapro, like, personality. Lo- yes, yeah. it's very bizarre. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think when I was first on it, I was like, okay, like, you know, sex is great, but like, have you ever had like t- 12 Oreos? You know what I mean? Like, have you have, I, I think like, see, I, 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 like my, I just was like, sex is awesome, but I could also like watch 10 episodes of like Real Housewives of Orange County or whatever. Um, But I I think that like, like we talked about earlier, like building your life around your mental illness, it's like, you can also do that around your arousal style. So I think having the conversation Mm -hmm. with your partner as soon as you can, because like, or as soon as they start, like you can feel it when they start to realize that like, Mm -hmm. okay, it's been a minute or it's harder to get her to whatever. Having the conversation where like, uh, what I realize is that it just makes it you can still orgasm. You can still all do all of those things, but maybe it just takes a little longer. Mm-hmm, so yeah. I think that's also a great way to weed out any like shitty people or shitty partners is like realizing that like, you know, it can still be great, but you might need more help. You might need to introduce a vibrator into the situation or like you might need to, you know, work on me for 20 minutes and then I'll Put in the work. Yeah, yeah. You know, but just like building your life around that. Um, and being really communicative because it's hard. It's really hard, but it's not impossible. Like I think there's a lot of rhetoric around antidepressants and it being impossible to orgasm or like you'll never be in the mood again. And that's definitely not true. Um, I think it's also like a dosage situation, like realizing where you're at your best because also Mm -hmm. like when you're depressed, you also don't don't feel like having sex. So it's kind of like pick your evil, you know, choose Mm -hmm. the lesser of Mm -hmm. all evils. Um, so yeah, I think it's like just realizing that it might take a little longer. It might you might need to implement new 
practices, but like you can get there. Um, not to completely throw us off course, but do you have a Please Taurus do. moon? No, I don't. I have a Capricorn moon. She's Capricorn moon. Of course. Okay, yeah. that adds up. What's Terrifying. her rising? Uh, my rising is a Cancer. Oh, you know, yeah. You're like tender. Yes, I know <laughs> deep like down. Sweet. Yes. Wow. No, I, yeah, I'm a Sagittarius. The Oreos and the housewife and over sex. I was like, that sounds like a Taurus. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's I'm talking like, about me. I want to hang out some Tauruses. Yeah, that was, Ooh, that I'm a Taurus. Great. We're yeah. fun. I'll sit with you on the couch and eat all day. Are you kidding? Oh God, we won't that. move. We oh will God. not move. Shut That's the why. blinds and just binge TV and get takeout. That's our favorite pastime. Oh, yeah. No, I shroud my house in dark, eternal darkness. I'm like, no, yeah. lo- <laughs> no drape shall be opened. Like, it, the, yeah. we shall keep And the you know what? It's our season. It what? is spooky season to do that. So oh, it's no, like, I'm so happy. Let's I lean know. in. I know. Let's I wish, I wish LA literally. weather would would really catch on because it's they need to it needs to comply because it's not all right and it's just it's so you guys funny. Can come to like, me. Yeah, I just I, drove back. To. I feel bad. Meadow comes here all the time, and then I go to San like I go to San Diego like once every One few months, and I'm like winded. the drive. I'm like the drive. Don't it's even get me started. So my husband's my husband's like family. Hit, not his like immediate family, but his cousins, his aunts and uncles who we're all like very close with and his family's really close with, they they live in San Diego. So Dylan's oh, family, who I adore, they, my husband Dylan, they treat driving to San Diego like it's driving to Malibu. And we do it all the <laughs> fucking time. And every single time I'm Meadow like, why do you. we always think that there's not going to be traffic? Because there is yeah. so much traffic and this like Easy drive is not easy. Uh-uh. It's so hard. Yeah. And like vice versa. They come to LA all the time and like just for a day, like it's, it's Oh, I go up and back in one day, like twice a month. It's intense. And it's the toll brutal. roads, I can't even it's a lot. Um, but yeah, the drive not built for it. I just did it last weekend and I came back and it took me three hours to get back. And I got back and was like, so I need to rest for a yeah. week. Well, now you have more gratitude for me. I love when you do that. Cause then you're like, Oh my God, it's exhausting. I'm like, Oh, I'm coming up three times this month. Like <laughs> yeah. be nice to me. It's, <laughs> like, brutal. Yeah. it's brutal. That drive is uninspiring. <laughs> it's completely uninspiring. It really is. It is. But anyway, the, the, that's the issue with like, I'm dating an earth. He's a Capricorn. And like, that's the issue with both of us being earth signs is like, I have to be the fucking spontaneous one, which is like mm-hmm. not a thing in any part of my life where I'm mm-hmm. like, maybe we should leave the house. Right. Mark. No, it's, yeah. It's <laughs> like, maybe. Um, no, like it's uh, my sister and I, my sister's a psychologist and. Um, no way. She, yeah. Okay. Or yeah, a therapist. And she, um, she has a theory, which like, I think a lot of people have this theory, but that, um, there's a cat and a dog in a relationship and there's like usually oh one that's God. a little moodier one that's, and then like one that's a little more consistently available, consistently like ready to celebrate things and whatever. And I think like in some of my relationships, I would be a dog, but I am married to the dog of all dogs. Like he is, you know, like all like just a happy dude, well-adjusted the whole nine yards. I wonder what that's like. And no uh, mental illness. Not, What's not that yet. Like? Not that I've discovered yet, energy. but like, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 I will, yeah, get, yeah, I will break right. him down. Jade wakes um, up every morning. She's like, today's the day. Yeah. I'm like, I will find. I, no, I'm yeah. like the person that leaves a family gathering and I'm like, you realize your um, cousin has like, you know, I'm like, you realize your cousin uh, has like schizophrenia or whatever I say. I don't know. Um, You're I'm like, I cross reference with my sister's DSM and yeah. actually she has. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm always trying to make people mentally. Ill. I'm like, I think you're actually mentally ill. They're like, no, I'm not. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- so I, my husband is the dog of all dogs. So I, I am a cat in that relationship yeah. for sure. Mm, I feel I like frankly, Gabby, you and I are both, I don't, 
I don't, I don't know for you. I, I mean, Aaron is so golden retriever energy. It's not even yeah. funny. Yeah. No, it's I'm a control. cat compared to him. Yeah. You know, it's, I feel like yeah. both of you are a little even Gabby and Zoe. Yeah. We're just both, uh, moody queens of here. I love yeah, that. You're both cats. <laughs> I love no, but that. I, I, we, ba- I think one of us will take on one role you and then like to. the other one goes yeah. and takes on that role. Cause sometimes he's really totally. just an energy. I mean, he usually is an extremely energetic. No, but human, I think right. you just spoke to like the greatest part in a relationship, mm-hmm. which is like when one person, you know, like one person isn't always strong. One person isn't always struggling. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you really, that's like so much of being in a long-term relationship is like realizing that there it's everything is a season and everything is 100%. like, you know, you, you might need to be stronger at this point or like need to, and it's, you know, it's not forever. Okay. We have one last question for you yeah. that I'm very interested on getting your perspective on because we've talked a lot about, um, being cringe and just like the idea <laughs> that like cringe, shouldn't exist because you're just trying. But then like every part of my body that is like still the like inner teenage girl is like, no, but that's a little fucking lame. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would what's love my affirmation that we've unpacked. Tell her. You tell her. Go ahead. It's yours. You don't remember. It's no. I am not afraid <laughs> to be seen trying. Right. Yeah, that's how we reframe cringe in this house. We've talked mm-hmm. about it many, many times. Keep going, mm-hmm. Gabby. I need to but yeah, that. I would just remind yourself. <laughs> I love I just that. would I love your perspective that. on like just reframing cringe as not being afraid to try, especially when you're like shifting pieces of your like even what you were saying, the 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 personality shift that you felt like you had to do, which was really actually just coming into your own authenticity and like owning that mm-hmm. in public, that can often be so much scarier than being like whatever you saw, the like millennial pink, which is like what so many would deem is like the cringe thing to do. Mm-hmm. But then actually what's like so petrifying is actually just being yourself yourself right because then people can actually like judge you and be mean totally yeah but just would love the whole part of the people pleaser shit too right Mm -hmm. no not myself that if i'm rejected the whole thing totally no i i god boy do i i'm like are you guys in my therapy sessions i struggle with that all (laughs) the time like the worst part like is being cringe when you are being yourself (laughs) like that's what I run into the best part I know no we really need to all be be yourself be yourself but it's it's hard (laughs) I think um for me I I sincerely believe that if you're not cringing at your side who you were a year ago and looking back at text messages the text messages that you sent a year ago and not being like oh my God, I want to go die in a hole. Then like, you're not doing enough growth or like, you know, you're, you don't have enough self-awareness. Um, but no, trying is the, is the scariest thing in the world. No one wants to be seen trying. And I think online you see only the end product. So often mm. you don't see the like rejections that they had along the way. You don't see the, you know, all the times they put themselves out there and embarrass themselves or whatever. But I think, it's and we're so hard on ourselves and so nice to other people. Like I think some people put put out stuff on the internet that I'm like, you know, oh that's amazing, or I love that. If I did, I'd be like, oh my god, banish yourself to your bedroom and never come out because like I cannot be seen with you. Like humiliating. Um, but I think try like yeah, I think at this, I I do feel a little culture shift lately. Where mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I do feel like people are handing it to people that are putting themselves out there. It's all about like, I don't know if you guys totally. know, I think it's an FDR quote or Theodore, Tony Rose, I don't know. Um, it's a quote by some president um, <laughs> about the man in the arena. 
And Mm. it's like, you know, we are, everyone loves to be a spectator, right? Especially those of us who love Real Housewives and things. We love to watch other people's lives and have an opinion on it. But if you're not in the arena, if you're not getting bumped and bruised and scrapes from like trying, then like, I don't want your opinion. It's so much safer Mm -hmm. to be in the, in the stands and not like, Mm -hmm. and looking at the person who's performing or, or doing a sports thing or whatever, you know, whatever they're doing or vulnerable act. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's doing the vulnerable act, but it's like nothing great was ever born out of comfort truly. So if you're doing something that it makes you cringe, that embarrasses you, like then you actually are succeeding. And like, Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. the thing, the people that are winning right now are the people that do it anyway, that throw spaghetti at the wall Mm -hmm. and that every but every one in 10 videos or things they post online gets a group of people and like people resonate with it. But, and then people don't care about the 10 horrific videos that they made that were so embarrassing. You know, it's really like, I, I, the proof is in the pudding, but it is hard to get there yourself to be like, cause Instagram and online, it's, it's weird. People like your second grade teachers watching mm-hmm. you and your like listeners, like people that listen to this show, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to all of you. Like I'm talking to you and people will bring it up at dinners. Like people loved, you know, my least favorite thing in life is when people bring up like my podcast when I'm like at dinner, like, you know, I love when like people like, like that listen to it and like that I'm actually talking to or talk about it. But if, if it's like my stepdad is like, Oh, I loved when you talked about this on the podcast or like, I saw that you did this yeah. online. I'm like, God damn. Like I'm not, that's not me. I'm not her. You know, you're like, um, get off of there. <laughs> yeah. Get off of there. It's terrible. But I, I, I do really think that, um, the people that are winning are the people that like keep doing it, that do it anyway, that like say mm-hmm. like I'm being embarrassing or I'm, I might think that this video sucked or that thing. It's a numbers game. It really is. Like you look at some yeah. of the people that are winning and you're like, they're kind of mediocre. Like they're kind of like whatever, but because they're consistent that's all people want like right now it's like Mm -hmm. they want you know and and that's only like you know online shit but and people are like just like we imagine like we create these incredible perfect people in our minds other people do that to you and you just don't realize you know and people are like oh Mm -hmm. like you know if you post your podcast they might think you have a gajillion listeners when you really only have five or whatever. Um, and so much of it is faking it till you make it and realizing that like everyone is, uh, feels as cringe as you do, you know, but it really like, you really have to be like, okay, I am putting, I am in the arena and everyone else that's sitting in the stands, their opinion is irrelevant because they're not in the arena. I don't want their life. You know, I want to put myself out there. I want to do this. I want to do that. And to me, like, there will never be a point in my late life that I'm like, Oh, I wish I didn't do as much. Like, I wish I didn't try. I wish I'm going to be like, Oh fuck. Why did I care what what all these fucking people thought? Mm -hmm. Like, why didn't I just do it anyway? So I just try to like remind myself of that and be like, there are days where I put out an episode and that people like don't resonate with, or maybe they do and they just don't tell me, you know, Mm -hmm. but like there are times where I feel Mm -hmm. like that episode was a flop. I didn't do well in that interview. I didn't, um, that thing I posted, that picture I posted was shit. You know, I realized in hindsight, but it's like, 
that it's part of it. That's part of it. And it might reach Mm -hmm. someone that like actually really resonated with it, but they're just not telling you, like you have no idea. And like getting out Mm -hmm. of your own way is like the most liberating thing in the world. Just being like, I'm going to like, like you say to yourself, honey, whatever you want to call whatever pet name you want to call yourself. I know you're scared and I know this feels terrible, but we're going to do this anyway. Because like, Mm -hmm. because what's the only thing scarier than trying is not you know, and just be and, yes. and sitting in the stands. Like you can go sit in the stands if you want to. Yeah. I don't think you want to, you know, some people are very comfortable in the stands and they like have a wonderful life, but if that's not the life that you want, then like, welcome to the club. Like that's what, that's yeah. part of it. Like being cringe, trying it's unfucking comfortable, but like there is no other way. There's no other way to that destination. There's not a cheat code. There's yeah. no, you know, there's no like back entrance. No, it's just through and like embarrassing yourself and putting yourself out there and it and sitting with those horrific feelings of feeling like, because mm-hmm. you really might have embarrassed yourself. I'm here to like validate your experience. You might have really <laughs> fucking like, you know, shit the bed with that post or that thing or whatever, you know, like people might not like your product, people, whatever, but it's like, and okay. It's part of it. That's part of it. You don't get the wins yeah. without the mm-hmm. losses, you know? Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. feel like that. Mm-hmm. Meadow always tell me and like you'll tell like your clients and stuff and like we've heard people talk about this before of like aim for like the 100 no's. Mm-hmm. Get get like collect mm-hmm. them. Who the fuck? It was on Live Perez's podcast. Tell me. That I heard this woman talking about this. She had incredible advice of like collecting your 100 no's because like the more no's you get, you're closer to the yes. Yeah, And I always try and remember my, that regardless of like, if it's for the show, if I'm literally f- actually like pitching stories for mm-hmm, articles and mm-hmm. like magazines that I want to write for. And they're like, mm, no. And I'm like, my immediate reaction is like, you're a fucking idiot. I knew right. you shouldn't have sent that email, but now I sent it to somewhere else and it pick, got picked up there. Totally. Or like I pivot and I tighten the pitch and whatever the fuck. But like Meadow has been super instrumental in helping me get over that and like helping me, um, just be more comfortable with like brainstorming because yeah. like, and just getting comfortable mm. with like shitty ideas. Cause that's just yeah. part of it. And like, you look at like some of our, you know, favorite artists, musicians, whatever. And it's like, you think that song was like fucking remarkable the first time that they just like sang it. Like, right. probably not. And I, no, I think what that makes me think of is like, we as people pleasers, as whatever we are, um, try so hard to please everyone all the time, you know? And I think like, like what you said, like that, person that wrote that song probably wasn't writing it for men, for women, for squirrels, for, you Mm -hmm. know, like they were writing their experience that like resonated with a group of people because Mm -hmm. it was true. You know, Mm -hmm. I think like you can't make content that everyone loves, like truly, like, like I, I say, I said this on my show and it's true. Like to me, the croissant is the proof that there is a God in this world. You know what I mean? Like that is the, that is like, the like croissant? there's not, I'm fucking obsessed with croissant. Oh my God. Am I taking that? Or you yeah. can, no, same. You know, it's in oh her God. bio. Like, I'm taking that forever. <laughs> it's literally in Meadow's bio, her love for croissants. No, but my husband has had celiac disease since he was born. He can't, <gasps> he can't eat croissants, you know, which is like a, that's its own issue in our relationship. But like then, but there are people that just inherently <laughs> don't like croissants, which to me, I'm like the fuck, like what? There's nothing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. No. There's nothing better on this planet. So I think that helps me too, is like, you can't be everything to everyone because you wind up being nothing to no one or like nothing to everyone, no you know? Yeah. Like everything to no one. Yeah. And it's like, that's, it's the truth. It's like, like putting yourself out there is fucking hard. It's painful. And I think we all think that we are like, oftentimes we turn our anxiety into 
are because the our gut feeling and anxiety they can feel pretty similar you know what I mean like and we, so that's the scary thing intuition is like, versus intrusive thoughts right you're like where's the oh line? my god yeah, no it's 100%. like the person that can crack uh-huh. that code is like please call me because I don't understand and I think we all oh, look, I'll help you we've I all seen it. people online who are obje- like you're like please stop doing this stand-up routine. Like you're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing. No one likes it. You know what I mean? We've all seen people like that are like putting themselves out there and doing something that doesn't feel true to them. And like that that doesn't, Mm. it feels like they're, you know, they're half-hearted about it. And that speaks to another thing. Like I think people, what people gravitate towards is a committed heart. I think people Mm. gravitate towards like, Mm. even if your stuff is shit, if you have conviction and you're like, I'm doing it, people like it's kind of like this hack this life hack of like if you tell people you're the shit people believe you it's like very weird the thing is is that we just never get to the point (laughs) where we can like convince ourselves that we are the shit you know um but I think we're all afraid of being that person we're all afraid of everyone looking at us thinking that we're doing the wrong thing or that we should give up or any of that and I think it's really just like managing that sometimes your anxiety while like while it's trying to protect you sometimes it's protecting you from a threat that's not there, you know? And like, Mm -hmm. that's part of it. And like, that's why there are so few successful people out there, why it's not everyone, because it is so easy to turn off the lights and say, okay, enough, I give up. I fantasize about that every day. I'm like, that sounds amazing, (laughs) you know? But like, I, that's that's not where I want to go. Like inevitably I wake up the next morning and I'm like, but I really would like to do that, you know? So Mm -hmm. you have to, like, that is the difference between, the haves and the have nots. It's like they did it anyway. They had all these same feelings, but did it anyway. I love that you say that because that's what I was thinking about the whole time that you're answering that original question was that success only comes from moving through this, like never giving up. Gabby and I always talk about like our success is inevitable because we refuse to give up. Right. And we work through the cringe. We work through the shitty episodes. We Mm -hmm. work through the guests that we invited on that we then regret it. Like working (sighs) through all that and being willing to be like, this is part the same way our personal development and mental health healing isn't linear. Success isn't linear either. Like you're going to go somewhere, move backwards, whatever. Like it's only the people that refuse to give up and like truly believe in the process and continue to keep going. That's totally. what success really is. Totally. hundred percent. And realizing mm-hmm. it's like, I, I talked to Victoria Paris, who's like so refreshing. Um, and she's like, she's so like analytically minded. Like she's like, like mm. we are on complete different hemispheres of like, I'm so left brain and she's so right brain. Mm. And, but it's refreshing to hear the way that she approaches social media because it's purely from like a data and analytics like standpoint. It's like a numbers game to her. It's like the slot machine. You know, she's like, she doesn't emotionally attach herself to her content. It's like, I'm going to try this. What's her content? Sorry, I'm not familiar. So she's like this, she's like a influencer, like, but she just like puts out videos and shares her life online and whatever. And she has a huge following. So, so, but it stemmed from like her life. Yeah, totally. Like her content's super personal. Yes, it's super personal. Interesting. And yet she like doesn't attach herself to it at all. She's like, I just like watching the numbers go up or down or realizing what people like or don't like. And she treats it like, she's, you know, working on Yeah. It's, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. So I feel like, like, you know, maybe like another version of that is realizing that like, you know, I don't know if you like, when you look at the ocean and you're like, oh, okay. Like there's a bigger world out there. Like this one post is not going to like make or break me this one episode, like just like getting out of that world. Cause we're all just in our phones, like constantly. Mm-hmm. And so we feel like our self-worth is from like every post. And I find it completely I find it maddening that like 
I am this three-dimensional creature that is only able to put a two-dimensional at most persona online. You're never going to fully get me. You're never, I mean, yeah. you, I'm, you, like, if you listen to my pod, you know what I mean? If the, maybe if I put out more content, they, you can do that, but it, it's, it forces you to show a certain side of yourself or play to a certain character. And you're always going to feel misunderstood by that in some capacity. Yeah. And there are going to be people that are committed to misunderstanding you. Like there are people that are committed to not liking croissants, the thing that I think is the best thing in the world, you know? So I just like, that's what I Can't try understand. to think of. And it is an uphill battle and I deal with it. I, I, oh my God, you know how I every day I'm like, oh, I want to post that. And, I, and then I don't. Because I'm just yeah. like, I, I can't, I can't take the internal like struggle. And some days I can take it. And then on those days I do it, you know, but mm-hmm. it's hard. Dude, we're born and the rest is drag. You know, That's it's all. true. I it's swear. True. I always come back to that. It's all drag. It's true. Jade, this was an incredible conversation. You have yes. hit on so many unpackings that we've had. Like, oh, I please love come that. Back. No, I had so You're much always fun. welcome thank at the you. TV fam. Oh, thank you so much. No, this was so fun. You guys made it so easy. Thank you. Oh, thank you for being here. You're the best. Thank you. Did you like us? I loved you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I really loved you guys. Okay. (laughs) Yay. How's it going, y'all? It's Aaron. Don't let your Monday suck. Don't have those Sunday scaries. I'm tired of everybody waking up in the week saying, ah, shit, it's Monday. You know what goes down? TMV releases every week on Mondays. Make sure you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching YouTube, yes, TMV has a YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and ring that noti bell and never miss a thing. And also, join the TMV familia by joining the Thoughts May Vary Patreon and by following at Thoughts May Vary Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for listening. Great. There you go. Thanks, Nadine. Gotcha.